Jude 6 and 7. The Bible said the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even a Sodom Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. May we pray. Lord, as I bow before you tonight, I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to preach your Word. And, oh God, how I need you tonight. And I pray you'd help me uh, to understand the Word of God and be able to bring the message in the way that will please and honor you. Bless the time we have together. Teach us thy truth in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we come to uh, judgment number six in our continued study in the judgment of the fallen angels. Uh, there are seven judgments we've noticed, and we've studied the judgment of the cross, uh, the judgment of self that we are to exercise regularly when we sin against the Lord. Christ was judged for our sins on the cross. That's the judgment of the cross. We talked about the judgment of the believer's works, which will the judgment seat of Christ, and 1 Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians 5, other scriptures talk about that. Uh, we talked about uh, the judgment of Israel, uh, which will involve the seven-year tribulation period, Daniel chapter 9, Matthew 24 and 5, and other scriptures. And uh, then we talked about uh, the judgment of the nations last time, and that's the judgment of the living nations that are alive at the coming of the Lord. Now tonight we have the judgment of the fallen angels. And we have the five questions that we've asked about each judgment. First of all, who will be judged at this judgment? And the answer is Satan and his angels will be judged at this judgment. Now the original state of Satan, let's turn back to Ezekiel 28, and this is probably familiar to many of you. But just to refresh our mind tonight, we'll look at Genesis, uh, Genesis, Ezekiel 28, Ezekiel chapter 28, and uh, verse number 12. Ezekiel 28, verse 12, page 871. And it says, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thy siddle up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Now it is clear from this scripture that the king of Tyrus is only a type of the devil that he is referring to here because the king of Tyrus had not been in Eden, uh, the garden of God, as is indicated here. He speaks beyond the king of Tyrus. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, Sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and gold, the workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. So it's clear the devil was very interested in music. You remember when Nebuchadnezzar built his great image of gold, uh, six, uh, uh, 60 cubits high, six cubits wide, and they were to bow down when he played six instruments of music. And he used music to condition the people to worship this false god. The devil's very interested in music. 
and is using it to his benefit, especially, I think, in the use of rock music. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Uh, here we have the original state of Satan. He was a cherub. Uh, the cherubim is plural. Cherubim is singular. He was an angel, uh, a very high-ranking angel, in fact. And he said, Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Did God create the devil? Well, no, he didn't create him as a devil. He created a cherub. He created an angel. But this angel rebelled against God and took a great following with him. Now he said, uh, uh, he goes on and, and talks about his fall there. In verse 17, Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty and so forth. And you can read on in, in the next few verses there. Then turn to Isaiah chapter 14 again to just refresh our memory. Isaiah 14 uh, and verse number 12, page 726 of Isaiah 14, page 726, Isaiah 14:12. He asked some questions here. How hath thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How hath thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thy said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the most high, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So it is clear from this scripture, he said, I will ascend into heaven, I will go up to heaven. That indicates the devil was somewhere below heaven at this time. And many believe that uh, he was over the original creation. I realize there's controversy about that, but uh, whether you agree with that or not, uh, he said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation the sides of the north. It is clear that heaven is in the north, as far as the universe is concerned, would be in that direction. Uh, so we have the original state of Satan, his fall, and when he fell, a third of the angels followed him, because in Revelation 12 and verse number 4, and his tail drew, talks about this dragon, verse 3, there appeared another wonder in heaven, behold a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, seven crowns upon his heads, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and had cast them down to them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And here he's talking about the devil, I believe, and the third of the stars, I believe, will be a third of the angels that follow Satan in his rebellion against God. Now, if you go back to the book of Genesis, Chapter 1 and verse 1, I'll just quote that rather than uh, take the time to go there. It's uh, uh, quite an involved study, and we've looked at that in the past. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then verse 2 said, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Uh, the deep would be water. So the earth was covered with water. The earth was dark. And, and according to Isaiah 45, 18, let me just turn there and read that to you again in Isaiah uh, 45, if I can find it quickly here. 
and verse number 18 said, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited, I am the Lord and there is none else. The word vain, the word void is the same meaning. And so if, if the earth was without form and void and God did not create it that way, then something had to happen to bring that about. Uh, and uh, we, I believe, I believe this, this happened at the fall of Satan. When Satan rebelled against God, that God's judgment fell upon the devil and those angels that rebelled against him. Now there are those that believe that, uh, uh, that there were men before Adam. I do not believe that. Uh, the reason I do not believe that is because Corinthians says the, uh, the first man, Adam, uh, the first man is of the earth and so forth there in 1 Corinthians 15. And I just take that uh, plainly like it says that the first man was Adam. Uh, but uh, anyway, some angels are loose while others are bound in hell awaiting judgment. And, uh, and we read here in, in the text that I read to you. In fact, let me, before I look at that again in Jude, let me turn to 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 4. And uh, he says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, to cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Now that's page 13, 18 if you want to look at it and mark it. 2 Peter 2, 4. Let me read it again. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment. So we have here uh, the angels that sinned. Here in, in 2 Peter uh, chapter number 2, that are, that are cast into hell and under chains of darkness. Now, were, were these the angels that sinned when Satan rebelled against God? I think not, because the devil's not in hell, is he? Uh, you know, if he is in hell, we won't be having all the problems with him. And, and his angels certainly trouble us and give us a hard time. The, uh, their ranks and the satanic angels as well as the Lord's angels. So he says that here that uh, these angels, though, were cast down to hell. And in Jude, uh, verse 6, the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. So these angels are reserved in chains of darkness, just like Peter said, unto the judgment of the great day, the judgment of the fallen angels that will that will take place at the time of the white throne judgment of God or near that time anyway. And he compares it even of Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now whatever the, the sin of these angels, it was is compared to the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah, the sin of fornication, and the sin of going after strange flesh, the sin of, of unnatural affection and unnatural sins that Romans 1 talks about. And of course, I believe if you study, if you study Genesis chapter 6, you will find that uh, where, there, 
uh, what that sin was and, uh, and why God judged, judged that civilization and bringing the flood upon, upon the earth and only sparing Noah and his family. And Noah was perfect in his generations, but God wiped out the whole human race except those eight people because of this wicked sin. Now, the common interpretation of that is that, is that uh, the seed of, uh, of Cain and the seed of Abel, or, or Zeth there, Abel was killed, you remember, intermarried, and therefore God brought judgment. There are many problems with, with that interpretation uh, that no one has ever been able to answer for me. Uh, there are a lot of conclusions. Uh, for instance, and we've, we've dealt with that, so we won't have time to go into the details of all that message, but you cannot assume uh, that, uh, that the sons of God, that all of Cain's descendants were male, and all of Zeth's descendants were female. And the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and the sons of God in the Old Testament always applies that terminology there. It applies to angels. And I believe that's exactly what it was and why God brought such awful judgment. And, and you, this, this because you can take a person that is unsaved and a person that is saved and they marry and have children, but they don't have giants. The seed were not these unusual, strange beings that were brought on upon this earth. But anyway, I think we've, we've probably got that on tape somewhere back there. If you want to uh, listen to that, get it, and, and it goes into the, all the detail and the, the scripture proofs uh, to bring that out. But anyway, there are various ranks among the angels, both fallen and unfallen. And let me give you a verse in the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter 10. And uh, verse, uh, uh, verse number 13, if I find Daniel here, Van, Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. I don't have it marked here, so it's uh, a little harder. I sympathize with you trying to find it, I guess. Daniel chapter 10 and verse number uh, 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. So he said he was one of the chief princes or a chief angel. And by the way, Michael is the only one in the Bible that is called an archangel. And I know that songs have been written and people say when Gabriel blows the trumpet and oh, I'm, I'm not going to fall out with it. If you believe that, that you know, that, that doesn't bother me. Uh, but, uh, but it's probably not going to be Gabriel. <laughs> it's probably going to be Michael for different reasons, and because it said there will be the voice of the archangel and the trump of God uh, will, will sound, and, and the dead in Christ will rise first. But uh, be that as it may, I was just simply showing you here that Michael uh, was a prince, chief prince, he says here, in the Word of God, and also in the book of Ephesians. That's, that's the good angels, those that, that honor the Lord. In the book of Ephesians chapter 6, he talks about the battle that we have against the forces of the devil. Page 1255, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, 
against spiritual wickedness in high places. And I believe here he's showing us the different ranks, the different aspects of the enemy that we battle against. We talk about fighting the devil, and of course he's the instigator of it all. He's heading it all up. But in reality, I believe that, that there, the devil has, if you want to compare it to the military, he has generals and, and lieutenants and infantrymen and right on down the line uh, that the ranks of angels is very clearly talked about in the Scripture. That's why that, uh, that he's able, the devil is not omnipresent as God is. God can be everywhere present. He's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. Sometimes we, you know, we get in trouble because we tell the devil. You know, I think, I think, I think some of our praying ought to be done silently. I think we ought to pray audibly. I think we ought to pray publicly. I'm all for that. The Bible endorses that. Uh, but I think there are, there are matters that you don't need for the devil to hear. And be sure that he or his representative is listening in. And he's listening in and when people gossip and talk about one another and, and, uh, and, and other things and, and some of the problems that we have in life we probably bring on ourselves by letting the devil know about it. <laughs> and what we ought to do is tell the Lord about it but don't let the devil hear it. Uh, and... Uh, uh, I know the Lord is able to overcome the devil in every, in every aspect of life, but I believe we, we invite the enemy sometimes to trouble us when it would be better if we kept him guessing. So uh, we, we've noticed now the who, Satan and his angels, and very broadly, and not going into all the details, take too long. Now the question, when will this judgment? It talks about the judgment of the great day, and let me turn back to Revelation uh, chapter 12. Uh, Revelation chapter 12 and, and verse 7. And we have this, this con. Now, Revelation 12, 7, this battle has not happened. Some take this scripture and try to apply it. Uh, I remember getting a, uh, a book one time. In fact, I, I, was, uh, I just started preaching. And I told a gentleman he was going... He was going to the bookstore in Charlotte, I believe, at the time. And, and I said, see if you can't pick me up a, a book on Revelation. I've always been interested in the book of Revelation, been interested in prophecy. He brought me a book back. I think I've still got it somewhere. If I didn't throw it away, I don't remember. And I may have thrown, thrown it away. But basically, the writer of that book, I read, I didn't ever, never read all of it, read part of it, said that John the Baptist, or John the Apostle rather there, John the Beloved, was exiled to the Isle of Padmas. He lost his mind and wrote the book of Revelation. <laughs> but uh, I thought, man, uh, that's some more book. <laughs> I, th I think I'll choose my own books. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, here in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 7, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought on his angels. And prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now this is in the middle of the tribulation. 
And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God. The power of his Christ, the accused of our brethren, is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. You think the devil doesn't give us a hard time? He's always tattling on us. The Bible said he accuses us night and day. And but Verse 11, Thank God they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. You want, you want to know how to get rid of the devil? There's some good advice. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. You know, uh, what was it? They wrote a book, made a movie, I think, on Custer's last stand. Uh, we've never gotten away from that, have we? General Custer and fighting the Indians there and was uh, all of them were killed and and I want to tell you, this is going to be the devil's last stand. And he knows it. He knows he has but a short time. He knows he's going to lose. And, uh, but he's come down to show great wrath. Now, it will be the judgment of the great day, according to the Bible here in Jude, verse 6. And, of course, that refers to the white throne and Revelation uh, 20, verse 10. And we're going to deal with that in the next message, the white throne judgment in Revelation 20, 20 verse 10. Uh, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I believe that be at the same time his angels will be cast in there with him. And you know, immediately following that is verse 11, the great white throne. So this puts it at that period of time. At the end of the millennium, because the devil is loose for a little season there. In verse 7 through 9, when the thousand years expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four courts of their Gog and Magog, gather them together to battle of the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth, can pass the camp of the saints about, the beloved city. Fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And then the devil, and of course I believe his angels are cast in. Now, the devil is bound. I'm going backwards in Revelation 20, 1 through 3. He's bound at the beginning of the thousand-year reign. I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, a great chain in his hand. He laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, cast him to the bottomless pit, shut him up, set a seal upon him, he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. After that, he must be loosed a little season. So the devil uh, has never been in hell, but he's headed there. And he's going to be there for a thousand years. Then at the end of that thousand years, he's loosed for a little season. And then his, his, his army is destroyed. And he and his angels, I believe, are cast. We know he very clearly states are cast into the lake of fire there. So we have the judgment of the devil... And, and the judgment of the fallen angels at this period of time. Now the third question, where? Where will this take place? And of course I believe it will be again at the white throne, at the time of the white throne, verse 11, I, Revelation 20, And I saw a great white throne, him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And this judgment, who's going who's gonna to be involved in this judgment? I'll tell you, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and that's page 12, 16. I'll wait just a moment for you to get there. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 
And I want you to see a couple of verses and maybe mark these. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and uh, the verse I want you to see is verse 3, but let me read the first two verses of this chapter. 1 Corinthians 6, 1. Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world, and the world shall be judged by you? Are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? And we gave you that verse. We talked about the judgment of the nations. Verse 3. Know ye not that ye shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life. So we're going to be involved with Christ in the judgment of these angels that have given us such a hard time. And the devil and all of his emissaries, I'll tell you, he's not going to get any good words uh, I'm not going to commend him. I'm not, I'm not going to say, Lord, be, be easy on him. Don't, you know, have mercy. Uh, the Lord's not going to have any mercy. Do you realize that there's no redemption for angels? There's no grace extended. There's no salvation possible for angels. That's why we all appreciate God's love and God's mercy and God's grace to us. Listen, he didn't have to bother. He didn't have to. He could have he signed us to, to hell forever without offering us a plan of redemption. I say he could have, but his very nature caused him to be merciful. But the angels, I find nowhere in the Word of God that they can be redeemed, that they can be saved and forgiven, but they will be consigned. But the Bible says we will be involved. And, and uh, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of the problems that we have are caused by, by the devil and his angels. And we probably don't even realize the fact that that's happening. But, uh, but uh, when, we, when the angels are judged and it's, and it's revealed that they... They were the cause, and they may say, "Well, I, you know, I, I wasn't involved in that." And and uh, but we'll be there as a testimony that it did happen, and they will have no way of escape. So we'll be involved in that judgment. Now, uh, why, why does God do the judging? Well, He does it because of of the rebellion against God. Uh, this is a sin that they committed, and again, I'll not turn back again, but in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, and those scriptures I gave you, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, and Jude verse 6 and 7 there, all of these bring out the fact that the devil said, I will ascend into heaven. He was lifted up because of his beauty. He was lifted up in pride and, and sinned against God and caused angels to sin with him. But then... As, as there are degrees of sin and punishment among people, there are degrees of sin even among the angels, I believe, because I believe these angels spoken of in Peter and Jude, which are bound in hell already, sin further against God in the days of Noah and brought the judgment of God, and I believe their judgment will be more severe. Now you hear preachers say all the time, there's no little sins and no big sins. 
all sin's the same. One sin's just as bad as another. I've heard preachers say, if you look on a woman to lust after her, you might as well go ahead and commit the act because that sin's just as bad as the other. Jesus didn't say that. He said, whosoever looketh on a woman to commit adultery, or whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. That's sin. Yes, that's a sin of the heart. That's, that's a, 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 a sin of lust, and that's sin, that's adultery, Jesus said. But if you go ahead and commit that, that is a further sin. That is a sin of the flesh. And that sin is greater. Neither one are right. And Jesus, Jesus, when he stood before Pilate, said, He that delivered thee unto, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. Jesus Christ himself said, There those that delivered me have a greater sin than you have. Jesus recognized the, the difference in sin. Now, now I, I do believe uh, the Bible said, Whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. As far as far as the sin nature, there is no difference. We're all sin and come short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned, but some sin to a greater extent than others. Greater sin and greater punishment. And, of course, I, I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself into the next message somewhat, but why have a judgment? It's not to determine whether they're lost or not. They're all lost. And so likewise with angels here, uh, why have a judgment uh, if, if they're, already, they're already condemned, they're already lost, they're already destined to hell? Why have a judgment? He said he's confined them there in hell unto the judgment of the great day. And at that time, they will be judged and the devil is cast in the lake of fire, and of course uh, all the other angels will be cast in there. But these that sin, sin uh, further will have a greater judgment. Uh, and uh, we, we see that. Now, uh, the sin of Noah's day, whatever you believe it was, I know what I believe. I believe I can, I can prove it by Scripture. And if a person can prove by Scripture I'm wrong, then I'll change my mind. Uh, but uh, whatever that sin was, undoubtedly will be repeated. Because the Bible said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. And as it was in the days of Lot. And we're already, we're already seeing that, aren't we? The days of Lot. Just look around. Uh, no question, I don't think in anyone's mind, maybe it hadn't got to the extent it was in Lot's day. God couldn't even find ten righteous people down there. And I believe God spared his judgment because I believe there are more than that here. But anyway, the rebellion against God. Now, what are the results of this judgment? And we saw that in Revelation 20.10. And I'll just give it one more time. Revelation 20, verse 10. The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. The truth of the matter is the devil will not be the first inhabitant of the lake of fire. The beast and the false prophet will be the first inhabitants according to the Bible. And that's the Antichrist, and the political leader, and the false prophet, the religious leader that lend themselves to the control of Satan
and they inhabit the lake of fire. And this is a verse, of course, that proves uh, that, that hell is forever and the lake of fire is forever and you don't go and just burn up and that's the end of you. Because they're thrown in at the beginning of the millennial reign and here the devil is thrown in. Notice what it says, where the beast and the false prophet are. They are still there and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hell is forever. And Matthew 25, 41 that we used in the judgment of the nations there, but there's a truth that I want you to see. Matthew 25, 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, accursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And of course, death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. People say, why does it say hell is eternal and hell is everlasting? Hell is in the heart of this earth. Uh, why does it use those terms about hell when the Bible teaches that those in hell will come out and be judged? Would that not be an, uh, an interval in, in the everlasting? Well, if you read that, it says death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. So the fact that hell goes into the lake of fire means the fire never keeps, stops burning. It becomes eternal in, in that fact, I believe. Uh, so we have the judgment of the angels. And again, we'll look at the final judgment, the judgment of the wicked dead, or the great white throne judgment, uh, as the final judgment before the, uh, this will be at the end of the millennial reign of Christ, the final judgment before the new heaven and the new earth and the new Jerusalem. And we'll look at that uh, next time, Lord willing. Okay, let's bow our heads, please.